Welcome to Hall Talk. Life is filled with unexpected moments. Thank you for joining Jared Hall, a specialist in being a generalist, as he shares biblical insights and leadership lessons while curating stories. And now your host, Jared Hall. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Hall Talk. I'm your host, Jared Hall. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the third Tuesday of the month, which means we're going to be diving into leadership. And remember that when we approach the topic of leadership, we're trying to approach it in such a way that we can see that all of us, in some fashion or another, are taking on the role of a leader, whether that's leading in our home, leading in our work, leading in our ministry, at church, whatever the case may be, all of us put on the leader hat at some point. And so the idea of this week is to help strengthen us, improve us, give us some tools in our toolbox that we didn't have before. And so this week, we're going to dive into the topic of listening. Listening is a crucial skill, one that I think on the whole, people struggle with. Some people are more gifted than others, but it's certainly a skill set that all of us can work on and develop. And so with no further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation topic on leadership, listening. Okay, time for a short confession. I don't always listen very well. And in fact, ever since I was little, I haven't always listened that well. One of the things that I know about myself, and perhaps this is true of you, is is that most of the time I hear what people say, but I don't always listen to what they say. I could probably even repeat back exactly what they said, but it's almost like a tape recorder. I'm not really listening intently to what they said. This really dawned on me when I was having a conversation with a teenager a couple weeks ago, and they were sharing a little bit about how school's going in this time period of remote learning and so forth and kind of their grade spread. And I took the opportunity to share a little bit about my own experience. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was a terrible student, barely went to school, And when I was there, I wasn't really there. And in between my sophomore and junior year, there's several significant things that was happening in my thought process and happening in my perspective. And without going into all of that, one of the things I realized was that I simply needed to do better in school. And so as I processed it, there was a couple things I decided to do. One was I was going to sit at the front of the class. Two, I was going to take notes and actively listen to what the teacher was saying. And really, uh, and, and the, th- the third one was actually go to school. I, I needed to actually be there to do those two, two things, I guess. But so, yeah, so I was going to go to school. I was going to sit in the front and I was actually going to listen, take notes. And sure enough, I got on high honor roll for the next two years. And so I went from failing two classes my first semester of my sophomore year to now being high honor roll my last two years. And it all all really made a difference of being present, of actually taking the time to listen, not just to hear. And so I want you to start to think about some of your relationships that you have. Um, I think all of us have probably been on Zoom calls at some point by now. It's very easy just to hear on Zoom calls, not to listen. But even with um, kids, with spouse, with friends, with 
family members, parents, co-workers, neighbors, it's always easier to hear than it is to listen. Listen takes active engagement, but it's incredible the difference it makes when we begin to really listen because then we're actually able to engage with people, engage with the information. There's there's an act of love when you're listening to somebody. People feel heard when you listen to them. And it's also way more likely that you're actually going to remember what they said the next time that you interact with this person. So this is the first thing I would have of you consider is that when you're interacting with people and they're talking, are you listening or are you hearing? Are you listening or are you hearing? The second thing, especially in interpersonal relationships and work relationships, any type of uh, really stressful relationships, anything where there's some tension in the relationship, something that I always come back to is, am I listening to understand or am I listening to assess? Am I listening to understand or am I listening to assess? Listening to assess is really listening to be critical. You're listening in such a way to try to find the argument, to try to find out where you don't agree with them. Uh, Typically, this is how debates work. In a debate, you are listening in order to disagree with your opponent. And that's fine in a debate, which is moderated and has rules. But in most of the time, in our case, in our relationships with other people, there's no one moderating and there's no rules and things digress very quickly. This is a lot of interactions that spouses have, that parents and kids have, that coworkers have. And so I would encourage you to move, if you find yourself doing that, if you're listening to critique, you're listening to assess, Move to listen to understand. Do you understand where the person's coming from? Do you understand that the point they're trying to make? Sometimes we just totally miss people in conversations. I've seen this in a number of settings. Um, I was doing a panel discussion recently, and someone asked a question, and, and we were trying to answer it, but it was very clear that we were we were answering a different question than the actual question that was asked. And so that's very important that we begin to ask clarifying questions to really make sure that we're on the same page, ask people to illustrate it, ask people to restate it again, that we will say back, okay, this is what I heard, so let me say it back to you. There's a number of tools, asking clarifying questions, asking for examples, repeating it back in different words. All of this is very, very important to listen and understand. A lot of the time when I'm interacting with people and they say something, I go, all right, I think I got it. Can you say it differently? Or, okay, I, I think I'm tracking with you. Is this what you're saying? Or, okay, I, you said this. What exactly did you mean by that? That was vague. We need to get a little bit more specific. And what happens is, is that when you listen to understand, you, you bring a lot of clarity. And you might find that there's less tension and less disagreement and that you're more on the same page. Or at least you'll be able to begin to find a path to common ground when you actually understand what the person's saying. So start to think about relationships. So not only are you listening versus hearing, but now you're listening to understand versus assessing. Now, I alluded to this earlier, but there's something to listening in the right place. In the classroom... 
I would say that most studies I've seen show that the students who sit in the front of the class do better than the students who sit in the back of the class. That where we're located at in a room, in a space, can make all the difference in how well we're able to listen. So we have to be able to listen in the right place. If you if you go to meetings, you go to board meetings, where do you sit? Do you go and sit in a spot where you won't be noticed? Or do you sit in a spot where you're able to actively engage? I know that for me, there was a time where when I went to certain board meetings, I wanted to go disappear. The less I was seen, the less I was noticed, the less I was asked, the less I had to engage the better. But what's even the point of being there then? And so if you're in a classroom environment, it's the front of the class. If it's in a board meeting, it's in a spot where uh, you can engage. Now, another thing I'll say about board meetings, this this is a pet peeve of mine, is that whenever I go into a board meeting and everyone has a laptop open, nobody is in the right place to listen. No way. It's not a chance. Now, there should be one person with a laptop open, and it should be the person taking notes. After that, it should be devices free. The whole point of having a meeting is directly engaging with people. I can't tell you the number of times I've walked into board meetings, everybody has a laptop up, and it's very clear that people are getting other things done during that meeting when we're trying to have a discussion on important topics. I mean, if it wasn't important enough to actually physically meet together, then we should have just sent an email. But since we took the time to be here, then put the technology away so we can really listen, we can really engage. On that same level, in any interpersonal interaction, whether you're in a professional meeting, you're hanging out with a friend, you're on a date, what do you do with your phone? You can't listen when that phone is on the table. The phone in a one-on-one should never be on the table unless unless your grandmother or your mother or somebody is, is, is tragically ill and you could get the call at any moment. The phone should not be on the table. I There are people I've met who have that phone on the table and it buzzes the entire time. And you can't complete a sentence. You can't actually listen. There's no actual engagement because that thing keeps distracting. And for some people, they think that they're being polite, and I've been guilty of this, is that instead of having it face up, you face it down, you flip it over. Well, guess what? The thing still buzz, still beeps, still makes noise, still very distracting. And so, although this has got me in trouble a time or two with my wife, is I will keep the phone on the vibrate setting, and it's in my pocket. And, and that way, it's not going to interrupt. It's not going to distract. And this is something that all of us really need to work on because the phones have become the primary distraction in our world today. Uh, Another thing, can you keep it out of arm's length even during a meeting? Some place where you're not even able to reach it. You're not able to feel it. You're not able to hear it you might find that with some practice, it's very, very freeing. Initially, it's going to drive you nuts. But I think that there's a potential payoff in the end. Another thing about listening in the right place, something I try to do with uh, with my children, 
is I try to kneel or sit so that I'm eye level. There's something about being able to listen, to be able to demonstrate that you're listening when you're not looking down at somebody, when you're able to look somebody in the eye. This type of physical expression of listening is very, very helpful. And so something for you to think about, what what does your body say when you're trying to listen? Oftentimes, all of our cars are shown by some of our body language. Now, I don't, I don't, I think most people are way too into pseudoscience body language reading. I do think there's something to micro expressions, and we can talk more about that later. But in terms of if you notice that you're not comfortable or you're not engaged, you're staring off, you know. People have a hard time saying what they need to say if they're not convinced you're listening. And again, because there's been so much pseudoscience around this by language, everybody thinks they're an expert. The problem is that we come into these conversations, we're sharing if someone's body language is doing something a little bit odd, like their arms are crossed or their mouth is covered by their hand, then all of a sudden they think, oh, they get in their own head and they stop, they stop communicating, processing. And so it's just something to try to help the other person know that you care in the way that uh, you sit. My kids can tell me the same thing if I'm standing or sitting, but for me to be able to express that I care what they're saying, I try to kneel, try to sit, try to get eye level with them. Now, so that's listening versus hearing, listening to understand versus assessing, listening in the right place, and then finally the response to listen. One of the things I try to think through uh, when I am listening is, okay, after I get done listening, what is my response. What is my response? And for me, my propensity, if somebody wants to tell me something, it means that I'm supposed to fix it. I want to be a fixer. So if you come to me and you say this, 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 and that, then I go, all right, well, let's fix it. But that's really not always, probably even the minority situation. Most of the time, what I found is, is that people just need to be able to talk. And so I'll ask, okay, is there anything you want me to do with that? Or am I, or am I just listening? Am I just listening? And for a lot of people, if you don't start interrupting and talking and giving your advice and your two cents and your two opinion, and you actually just listen and you just ask questions, Sometimes I won't even ask questions. I'll just listen, and then I'll ask them if they want me to ask them more questions. And I'll ask them, do you want me to do anything? That's the three levels. Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to ask you questions? Do you want me to do something? Do you want me to just be your sounding board? Do you want me to help you process? Or is there something we need to work on together? I try never to just take the the burden, the monkey, and we can talk more about taking the monkey in, a, in another week. That'd be a good topic if you're not familiar with that term. Uh, but taking the burden is not something I try to do solo, uh, but something that can be shared. And so what's your response to listening? Do you do nothing or do you do the knee jerk? I'll fix it. Try to practice seeking clarity. Okay, do you just want me to listen? Do you want me to help you process by asking you questions? Or is there something that we can do together? And I think that you'll find is that a lot of the time, people just need you to actually listen. People who process out loud 
just needs somebody to listen. It makes a world of difference. And sometimes if we jump in too quick and we start throwing out our solutions, we haven't even really begun to understand the situations and we actually end up harming the relationship and detracting from the opportunity that we have because we engage too fast. And so this is my encouragement to all of us as leaders, that we would be phenomenal listeners. Listening starts with the decision to actually listen, not just to hear. Once we're listening, we need to listen to understand, not to assess. We need to make sure that we're listening in the right place, and then we need to make sure that we have our clear response to listening. Am I listening only? Am I listening to help process? Am I listening for us to do something together? So there we have it. Leaders listen well. Okay, well, that is episode 16 of Hall Talk. Again, I'm your host, Jared Hall. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I cannot begin to express what it means that you share this with folks, that you're taking time to listen to it. I am hopeful that it's beneficial. Please send me any feedback you have. Always helpful or always hopeful to be helpful. And if you have any questions that you'd like answered, any topics you'd like addressed, I'd love to hear from you on that. And so until next time, I hope you have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Hall Talk. Share your voice by leaving a comment or asking a question. Join the team by hitting like, subscribing, and sharing with others. As always, join us next time for more insights and conversations on Hall Talk.